We uh, laugh at our uh, Melvin Mumford character, but the truth is, is that uh, there's probably a part of us, each of us, that can relate to not wanting to deal with change. And uh, that's our connection with the monster that we're looking at in our monster series. And uh, if you missed us last week, uh, just to catch you up just a little bit, um, we've been at Monsters University, and we've been learning that monster stories tell us the truth about who we are. And last week we saw through Jekyll and Hyde and also Romans 7 and 8 that every human has a monster within, the sinful nature. And the one who rescues us from a Jekyll and Hyde existence is Jesus Christ, who can surgically remove that old sinful nature uh, and then put in a, a new controlling power, his Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 9. So the question last week was, who or what is the controlling power of your life? And today I want to continue with the message addressed to those of us who have invited Jesus into their life to be the controlling power. And if you have not done this, uh, then really the rest of this message is not something that you should try to apply. Now, there, there'll be some parts that you'll be able to understand, connect, and, and uh, process and all that. It's, it's not that it's uh, above your head or anything like that. It's just that without Jesus being the controlling power in your life, there's really no, no sense in applying anything that's going to be talked about today. So, but for those of you, uh, again, those that this message is, is uh, the majority of you addressed to, if, if Jesus is the controlling power in your life, not yourself, then, and, and maybe you're still struggling with, uh, that you feel like you're struggling with a monster within, I want you to know that, that your struggle is probably with the leftovers of the sinful nature. And I think each of us has this struggle, uh, some of us more, with more intensity, some of us more mildly, and whether we've walked with Christ for a long time or just a short time, each of us will have to deal with this. And, and I believe that there is a monster who will be able to relate uh, to this in this area, a monster that we'll be able to relate to, and it's the mummy. Now, uh, mummy stories, uh, they come from the Middle East, where there's a certain practice of wrapping up people, uh, wrapping up their bodies uh, for burial. And primarily, we get that uh, from uh, Egyptian culture, and we learn about that because, uh, you know, everyone in Western civilization, we, we take uh, history lessons on ancient civilizations, and we learn about Egypt and the culture. And so somewhere along the line, you probably heard about this, and uh, you heard that, you know, with the wealthy and uh, the royalty in Egypt, they were wrapped in linen strips, uh, from head to toe, they were sealed in a coffin, and that coffin was put in a large tomb where all their possessions were, were put in there with them. And sometimes on these tombs, there were blessings or curses put over them in, in ancient hieroglyphics, and those uh, curses were to protect the tomb from tomb raiders. Well, around 700 A.D. Uh, was when the Muslim Arabs were begin, beginning to invade Egypt. And it was when the first mummy stories began to originate. Now, not all Arabs were tomb raiders, but some were. And, as, and I'm sure this is, you know, there were, you know, some Arab mothers who were, who were saying, you know, now, you know, I want you to be a good Arab and not go out and raid tombs. And so remember, there's uh, what happens, you know, if you raid a tomb, there's going to be 
uh, bad things that happened to you. There's curses if you break into a tomb. And, and, and then there were stories that were spread that if you break into a tomb, that the dead person in there is going to come to life and they're going to come after you and they're going to seek vengeance for breaking into their tomb. And voila, we have our mummy stories that are propagated in Hollywood and our movies today. And uh, now the truth is, though, that we actually have some mummy stories in the Bible. It's true. Uh, if, if, you, if you look back into the Old Testament and read about the life of Elisha, not Elijah the prophet, but Elisha the prophet, you'll see that after he died, he was buried, and something very interesting happened after he was buried. Um, see, nearby Elisha's tomb, there were some men. After Elisha had died, uh, there were some men that were about to bury a friend. And as they were uh, trying to make preparations, they saw a band of Moabite ra- raiders coming in the distance. And so they decide to hide. And, they, uh, and, and so they uh, have to do something with the body quickly. And so they throw it into an already existing tomb, into Elisha's tomb. So they throw their dead friend's body in the tomb. They run to hide, but all of a sudden they hear some noise. And, and they turn around and look, and their friend is standing up alive. He had hit the bones of Elisha and come to life. 2 Kings 13, verses 20 and 21. It's really in there. Now, of course, the most famous mummy story for Christ followers is Jesus Christ himself, who rose up from the dead and came walking out of a tomb. Now, if you remember, Jesus also had to be quickly put into a tomb because it was just a couple of hours before uh, sunset, before Sabbath rest started. And this is when most Jews, they would say, hey, we're not going to do any more work. That means digging and burying and, and, and putting people in a tomb. And so uh, the two guys who were doing that, Joseph Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus, they were like, quick, let's just wrap them up a little bit, put them in there. Uh, we'll send some people later, some of his followers, to take care of it uh, for a proper burial. Now, um, so usually according to Jewish custom, a dead body was wrapped with nearly 70 pounds of spices within the linen strips that were around them. It was sort of an outward embalming. And after uh, a year, then the family would come back and, and after the body had decomposed and they would gather up their loved one's bones and they would put them in a, uh, collect them, put them in a small box for a final burial. That was proper Jewish burial, Jewish custom. Now, if you remember the resurrection story, it was the women disciples who were coming back Sunday morning with the spices to, to wrap up in Jesus' body. So Jesus didn't have... 70 pounds of spices around him. He just had a few linen strips around him. And, of course, those women, when they went back on Sunday morning, they got a big surprise because he was not there. He had risen from the dead. Now, there is just one other mummy story that I need to point out before I continue on uh, that is in the Scriptures, and it's the story of Lazarus. Now, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and he had died, and he'd been in a tomb for four days so I'm assuming that Lazarus had had the proper time to be buried correctly. And he was wrapped from head to toe in linen strips with 70 pounds of spices packed in there. And so when Jesus called Lazarus forth from the tomb, it's recorded like this. It says, The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. That's a mummy, folks. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Grave clothes meaning the strips of linen and the cloth around his head. And so Lazarus was made alive by Jesus, but he had to get those grave clothes off 
to start living again. Now, can, can you imagine this? I mean, I have trouble imagining 70 pounds of weight, and so I, I just think of about 15 pounds because that's about how much I shed and lose annually every year. I, I gain, and then I lose it, and then I gain, and I lose it. Of course, this summer I didn't. And, uh, and, and I have a way of reminding myself that you know, because I, I like to rationalize and kind of go, well, you know, 15 pounds, that isn't bad. And I'm kind of a tall guy, kind of stretch it out. And, you know, and you say things like that to yourself. And, and, but then I, I look at this 15-pound dumbbell, and I go, that's kind of a lot of weight when you put it all together like that. And that's how much I'm gaining. And, and you go, well, you know, hey, man, you know, you can do a curl with that pretty easy. That's, that's not really much. But Really, when it comes down to it, when, when you get on a bicycle and you try to ride up a mountain and you're trying to carry this with you and you're pedaling up the mountain and everyone's whizzing past you, 15 pounds makes a difference. Now imagine 70 pounds and you're trying to ride up. I mean, 70 pounds can really inhibit your movement. Lazarus, when he came out of the tomb, he had 70 pounds wrapped around his arms, his legs, his torso, his head. And I'm sure he was kind of going, and he was trying to kind of move out. And, you know, Jesus had to say some people take take those off of him. He needed help to get them off. And so to get those off, he he had to have those off so he could resume normal life. I mean, he couldn't walk around with that on him and go up to his wife and give her a hug. He couldn't, he couldn't go and help serve with his Mary and Martha, his sisters, if he's had that stuff wrapped around his hands. He couldn't move and walk and go to his house and to work with that wrapped around his legs. He couldn't do life as it was meant to be lived with those grave clothes on him. They have to be taken off. Well, the same is for us. And here is the mummy metaphor for us Christ followers. If you have asked Jesus to be the controlling power of your life, You have been raised up, made alive on the inside, just like a Lazarus. You are no longer controlled by the sinful nature, but you're now controlled by the Spirit. But all of us have the grave clothes, the leftovers of death, the leftovers of sinful nature that have to be removed for us to really live life to the full the way Jesus meant it to be lived. And so... You see, each of us, those grave clothes are really like some of those bad habits that we develop with our old sinful nature. And those habits have to be taken off like those old grave clothes. And like I said earlier, I mean, each one of us has this. Some of us who have been walking with Jesus for years, you know, it may look like, you know, you can look into our face and you don't see any of the bad habits or anything. But it's like, you know, sometimes when someone comes out of the bathroom and there's a little bit of toilet paper hanging out and they don't realize it i mean that's kind of that way with with those of us who've been walking with jesus for a while you know there's there's some little strips of grave clothes that are hanging off here and there and we just we didn't really recognize it and we haven't taken care of it haven't taken it off so all of us at some point have had this and had to remove this and deal with it and if you have made the spirit of jesus the controlling power of your life instead of yourself then i want you to know this if you're still struggling with a monster within, it's not about a question of the controlling power anymore for you. The question or the problem is the outward habits that you're wearing like grave clothes, 
They're inhibiting you. They're slowing you down from living this new life that Christ has given you. Now, what I want to do is I want to turn to a passage that we're going to go through together that talks about the old ways, the grave clothes that have to be taken off, and talks about the new life that we put on in Christ. And it's a passage in Ephesians chapter 4. It starts in verse 17, ends in 31. And we're going to read through it, and we're just going to talk about these, okay? And so you can join me. But I want you to know that it starts out like this. So I tell you this. And so kind of meaning that there's a whole bunch before. Well, I just want you to know that there's about three, three and a half whole chapters before this where Paul is talking about it's the grace of God. You've been saved by grace through faith. And, uh, and, and he's saying, because of this, because of this new life, God has made you alive to, alive to him in Christ. This is the way that we're supposed to live. We're supposed to get rid of the old, put on the new, okay? Here we go. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 17, goes like this. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, and have separated, them, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Wow, okay, now Gentiles are just people who are not Jews. Um, and for us today, most of us, uh, probably the majority of us, are not from a Jewish heritage. But even so, um, uh, what it's really saying is uh, those who are of the world, we are no longer part of the world any longer. We are not to live any longer like the world. And so we are... Our, the old way of living, like the rest of the crowd, that's done for us as Christ followers. We know God. He, he knows us. We've been made alive. So notice here that the words are living and thinking. That the, the crowd, that there's a futility in their thinking and, and that there's a futility in their living. And we're supposed to be done with that. And we're instead to have new habits, new habits of thinking, new habits of living. Now, I've heard that with, with a habit, to start a new habit, it takes at least 21 days in a row to start a new habit. Now, for some people, that's a cinch. For others, that's a little more difficult. Um, and I suppose that goes with, uh, you know, when you're trying to get rid of an old habit and start a new habit. But it's going uh, to take a little effort, a little work to get the grave clothes off. Now, uh, Ephesians 4.19, listen to this. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So the old habit, the old habit of just, just seeking pleasure, that, that's done. It has to be removed and be replaced with seeking God. All right? Seeking pleasure. Instead, seeking God. Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. You, however, you're, you're not in that old way of life. You didn't come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God and true righteousness and holiness. So this is what all of those who have been made alive, made alive in Christ are supposed to do. We're to put off our former way of living. We're not going to live that way any longer. Instead, we're going we're to put on a new attitude within our minds, and we're going to put on the new self that's created to be like God. God has this new 
it's like clothing. We're taking off this old grave clothing. We're putting on new clothing that's created to be like Christ. And then Ephesians um, 25, 4.25 says this, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. All right? So the habit of lying, it's got to stop. And instead, we're going to put on the habit of speaking the truth. We're going to take off the mask. We're not going to pretend anymore. And we're going to develop the habit of speaking the truth. Ephesians 4.28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. So the habit of stealing has got to stop. That's part of your life. You've got to take it off. That part, that's part of being dead. That's part of the old way of life. Instead, and, and there's no more sucking off of people, you're going to have to work, you're going to have to use your hands, and you're going you're to put on the life and habit of work so that you can learn how to be generous instead of uh, always being a taker and a receiver, learn how to be a giver instead. So Ephesians 26, verses, uh, verses 26 and 27, and then verse 31. Let's look at this. It says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. And then come on down to 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So the habit of exploding in rage, storing up bitterness, uh, thinking about uh, getting revenge or slandering someone because they hurt you, those habits you've got to remove. That is not a part of your new life any longer. Take off the grave clothes and de instead develop the habit of compassion. Develop the habit of forgiving people when they hurt you and wrong you. Is that easy? No, but it's the, the grave clothes, they got to come off. Ephesians 4.29, last one here. We've got to get rid of this habit of unwholesome talk. Do not, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See, the dirty jokes, the coarse joking, it's got to go. Instead, you've got to put on the habit of using words that build up others. Now, I know this is the part where you start hearing people push back. You know, well, you know what, Shan, I can't help the way I talk. I mean... I mean, this is the way I've talked since I was a little child. I mean, the adults around me, that's the way they talk, so that's the way I learned to talk. And, you know, when I go to work today, that's the way people around me talk and the way they joke. I mean, it's just part of my life. I, I can't change that. Well, you talking to your mama or to your grandma, do you talk to her that way? No. If you did, she'd slap your face. You can control it. When you have the Spirit of God within you, you can change that. You don't have to talk that way. Now, what, maybe what you're looking for, what you're searching for, is the new way you're going to talk. Maybe that's more the struggle. And what you're, what's the new thing? Well, instead you're going to use some words to build others up. I mean, when the policeman pulls you over in the car, I'm sure that inside your car the air is turning blue but when that officer pulls up and you roll down your window to talk to him, I'm sure all of a sudden you're like, yes, sir. No, sir. Oh, okay, sir. All right, here's my license, sir. You're not going to be talking foul to him. I mean, if you do, I'm, I mean, I'm, I suppose maybe some of you have tried. I probably didn't get you very far. I probably didn't get rid of your ticket. But I'm just telling you, 
there is control when, if the Spirit is in control of you, is the controlling power. Okay, Shannon, well, I get that, but this whole anger thing, I mean, really, that's, that's part of my personality. I mean, sometimes I get so mad that I, I've got to let out. If I don't, I mean, I'm going to have a heart attack, or I'm going to get high blood pressure. This is unhealthy if I don't. Well, you know what? You know, is that why, you know, when you're, when you're at home and, and you're maybe angry about something, you're talking real loud and shouting angry at your wife and your kids, and then all of a sudden the phone rings and you go, Hello, McCready residence. You were in control in that moment, weren't you? You changed it on a dime, didn't you? What about you're, you're kind of grumpy and mad and you're gruff with the family around you? Well, well go do it yourself. Well, go pick it up and ta- why don't you take care of things? And then all of a sudden there's an unexpected visitor at your door. Ding dong. Well, hello. We, were, we weren't expecting you. So glad to see you. Well, come on in. And you're just the most hospitable person ever, aren't you? All of a sudden, you just changed on a dime. You did it then. Why can't you do it at other times? You see, if the Spirit of Christ is in you, it's a controlling power. You can't change those old habits. You can. Now, I will tell you this. If Christ is not the controlling power and yourself is the controlling power, you're right. You can't change it on your own. You won't be able to do it. You won't succeed. You'll fail. So don't try. Again, that's why I'm saying... You got to do first things first, all right? So, now I know that there's one other thing. When we're talking about getting rid of the old, dirty grave clothes, I, I know that maybe some of you caught that part about, you know, seeking pleasure instead, being a God seeker instead. Well, Shannon, you know, I can hear the, the pushback on this. You know, Shannon, that whole seeking pleasure thing instead of seeking God, I, I mean, don't you realize, Shannon, I mean, I mean, you've been married a while, but don't you know for single men, single women, I mean, we all have natural desires that God has put in us, and, and those desires have to be satisfied. I mean, you can't stop that. Well, let me ask you this. If you're there with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and your girlfriend's parents walk in while you're going at it, all of a sudden you can zip your pants and close your legs then, can't you? All of a sudden you've got control. I'm telling you, we're not animals. We have control over our desires, those natural things. And God has given us a spirit within, a controlling power where we can put off pleasure-seeking for a time till you're married, and you can focus on seeking God instead. Now, I know, you know, you know all the married men are going, Phew. good thing he didn't say anything about some of the pleasures I'm seeking now. You know, so what about some of us middle-aged men, you know? A little bored with just kind of the humdrum of life and job. And so we got to go buy some new toys. we got to go buy that $2,000 mountain bike so we can go down the hill and crash it and uh, get, get that adrenaline fix. Or maybe we got to buy the other, you know, whatever toy it is. got to go spend some money, and, and then we got to go do our pleasure-seeking. It's a little me time because I give so much to my family. Well, you know what? Some of that might be some old grave clothes need to be taken off. Instead of seeking pleasure, maybe there needs to be some seeking God. And maybe you need to do some seeking God with your family because they need your leadership right now. Well, look, I just want to say that when we make up excuses for our old habits, 
What we're basically saying is that I can't help it. I'm a mummy. I can't help it. I'm a mummy. We're all wrapped up in these old habits, these old grave clothes. You know, granted, some people have fewer grave clothes wrapped around you. I mean, you're, you're kind of like Jesus. You got thrown into the tomb rather quickly, and there was just a few wrappings, there, and, and it's taken off easily. And then there's others of us. It's more like Lazarus. We got 70 pounds wrapped up, and, and to pull it off, it, it's, it's, it's a chore. And I know when we talk about addictions, when we talk about habits and patterns, I mean, that, that takes a lot. And we're going to be talking about that some, in next, knowing that, you know, that some of these things, taking off great clothes, it's not a solo chore. We, we need help. You know, Jesus had to say to the friends of Lazarus, hey, help him go take off those grave clothes. So, but whether there's a lot or little, I mean, the truth is here is that you've got to take the wrappings of the old way of life off or else you're just going to go around like a mummy scaring people. And you won't be able to live out this life like Christ intended. When you say, I can't help it, when you say, I can't help it, this is just the way I am, what you're basically saying is, I'm still under the curse of the mummy. I can't change. I'm a Melvin Mumford. And I, I can't change. I won't change. You know what the other word for change is in the Bible? Repent. Metanoia. It's a change of mind, change of heart. And I'm telling you, if, if you're stuck in a Melvin Mumford way, the word for you is repent. You, you've, you've got to take off the old habits and put on the new because you are not under the curse of the mummy if Jesus Christ is the controlling power in your life. He has put his spirit in you, and you are no longer under the curse of the sinful nature. Jesus broke that curse when he died on the cross for us. Galatians 3.13. Anyone who's hung on a tree is cursed, and Jesus became that curse for us. You are not called to be a mummy wrapped up in the old habits of your old way of life, half alive, half dead. You've been made alive. You are all sons and daughters of God You're in faith by, faith by faith in Jesus Christ. And all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And, and so when you're clothing yourself with Christ, you don't leave the old, dirty, nasty habits on and say, I'm just going to put Christ on over this old, dirty stuff. It's, all the old stuff's got to go first. You've got to get rid of it. Now, I know that, that some of us who've been walking with Jesus, that there are some of those leftovers. We're still struggling with them. But I want you to know Jesus has given us power to change. There's no more excuses. No more Melvin Mumford. No more curse of the mummy. We can change by the power of Christ. So we're going to continue with our worship. Nate and the guys are going to come up here. And in our worship, I, I really want this to be prayers coming up from us and saying, Lord, show me, are, are there some old ways that just need to go, that don't belong to the new way of life? Lord, is, is there something incongruent here where I got new life in me, but I got dead, dead ways on the outside? Help me to get the matching outerwear. Help me to get the clothing Christ. But, but Lord, if there's something I'm not seeing, you know, sometimes that... I can't get a 360 of myself. If there's some old habits. Show me. And for others of us, I know it's, it's the prayer of, Lord, I know what they are. I just don't feel like I have the power. Please help me.
And we're going to talk more about that next week, right? If you're still struggling, you, you know what the old habits are. You're, you're trying to get them off, but you can't get them off by yourself. We're going to talk about that, right? But right now, would you stand with me? We're going to, I want to pray, and then we're going to worship. Heavenly Father, in these next few moments, we just want to ask that you would help us not to make up excuses for our old ways, but instead, Lord, to confess, to ask your forgiveness, and to repent, to have a change of mind, change of heart. And Lord, that you would give us the ability to, to do, develop these new habits, the new way of life, the things that you want us to put on, to, re- to remove the old, put on the new. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.